All right. It's up to me. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to uh, this this episode. This should be a fun one. Uh, we got a we got a guest here with us today. We got Carl Person. Um, it's kind of funny how we all kind of stumbled into meeting Carl. It seemed like each one of us were like, man, I met this guy in my DMs the other day. And yeah, and he's really cool. We talked, we chatted about like 50 different topics. And he's like, he knows a lot about a lot of stuff. That was literally our conversation about uh, without you in the room. So we've been talking good stuff behind your back. Um, <laughs> that's well, I'm super glad to be here. So excited. You, you guys, uh, I've spoken to you all individually and, and don't underestimate yourselves. You bring amazing stuff to the table here. So this is going to be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited too. So the, the topic we got today is actually going to be credit karma. So credit karma is, uh, is, uh, is a FinTech product. And actually what we like to do at the beginning of every episode is we don't want to take it for granted that, um, people who are listening, um, automatically assume and understand, um, you know, what the product is, how it works, how it makes money. So what I like to do is kind of in layman's terms, kind of lay things out. What is the company? What is the product and, uh, catch everybody up to speed. And then we can kind of have a breakdown conversation from there and take it in whatever direction we go. So if you're listening to this, none of this is scripted. We kind of just we kind of just riff on the product, break it down, peel it back, so to speak, and see what we can uncover and how we think about it as uh, as product managers. So if you don't mind, I will uh, go into just a very quick uh, synopsis of my understanding of, of Credit Karma, and then I'll kind of open it up and see if that makes sense for everybody, and we'll, we'll go from there. So um, Credit Karma is really cool. So um just, I think the best way to actually explain what it is and what it does is to kind of walk through an example, right? So Credit Karma basically got started as just a free product that allows you to check your credit score. So in the United States, your credit score kind of dictates whether or not you can get a loan for cars or houses or other things. And there's three companies that basically lock keep your credit score. Equifax, whatever, the other, the other two. I can't always remember all three of them. But the weird thing about these companies is you can only check your credit score one time per year. And it's like, what? who made this rule? You can only check your credit score one time per year. So Credit Karma comes along and creates this tool like 12, 13 years ago, or uh, by this point, it's probably longer than that. Um, let's say 17 years ago, it says, hey, anybody, you can come check your credit score every single day of the year. You can check it as many times as you want. It's a soft pull. In other words, when we pull your credit information, it doesn't actually impact your credit score in a negative manner. So it was this free product, and it kind of solved this weird pain point that everybody had about knowing what their actual credit score was. And it, you know, and it carved this cool niche for itself. And um, the example I'll share is this. This is how Credit Karma actually makes money. Right. Let's just take, for example, uh, Rupu. You just moved to the United States. Okay. You need to buy a car because you find out that in most places in the United States, you need a car to kind of live life unless you live in a major city. Um, and then you realize to buy a car, you need an auto loan, which means you need to have some credit built up, except you don't have any credit built up in this country. So you get a credit card, you start to build some credit. And then you check, you go into Credit Karma because it has this free tool for you to be able to check your credit score. You check your credit score 
and you give it some other basic information about your financial existence. And then what Credit Karma does on the back end is it gives you your credit score. Hey, you're happy. You know, keep building, keep working. You're doing a great job. But then on the back end, it goes out and it uses the information you fed it to find you curated offers that make the most sense for your situation. So there's this other lending company out there called Upstart. And Upstart, you know, specializes in lending to individuals who do not have a lot of credit history in a specific country. And so what Credit Karma will do is say, hey, Rupu, we have this lender over here who, who like you're pre-qualified to get an auto loan through these through this upstart. And um, let's say Rupu goes and signs up for upstart, then upstart will send an affiliate commission check to Credit Karma for finding that deal, essentially. So all Credit Karma does is give you free credit scores and then it recommends offers to you and it collects a affiliate check on the back end. That's it. So for people who are kind of not financially sound, I just wanted to break it down in a way that kind of made sense from from a layman's perspective because that's how my brain works. (laughs) And I don't just immediately get everything right off the bat. Anything to add to that, guys? I know I did a lot of talking here up front. Yeah, I think uh, the key to me is that given that it's a free product, the thing that stands out is that if you're not paying for it, you're probably the product. Um, and I think that's the important thing about Credit Karma. And, and it's pretty amazing they've amassed 120, maybe 130 million users there through that uh, method of not charging users and, and getting their data and actually getting people to to buy in and provide their information, which which honestly is probably a, a, a testimony to the, the state of that market. I mean, if you look at the, what are they called? Uh, Experian, what's it, Equifax, TransUnion? Yeah. There's probably more data breaches between them than most other companies put together. <laughs> Which is horrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you made some really strong points there, Carl, that I think kind of you're already kind of getting to the next stage, which is the free products was an amazing way to just, it's like, I'm going to provide you free value. And it was an amazing way to get as many users as possible. I think I read something in my research before this call that it was, it's like the largest fintech pro- at the time it was acquired in 2020, which we'll get to that too. It was like one of the largest user bases of any fintech product in the world. I mean, respect, it's, a th- it's one in three people in America. Use- That's a lot of people. And and that's I think more than any bank in the US right now, to be honest. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that's amazing. Uh I mean, I, I just want to add one thing about it, like uh which you spoke about it. The the credit monitoring is is very essential from the uh from the people who are uh, cash crunch or people who are just trying to develop their uh or build their credit history. But when I when I came to US almost like 16 years back. I was a student, uh, and I can think about my journey, and I had no idea about the credit. Uh, what is credit history really means? So I think one thing which credit karma did 16 years back, or for a lot of people still were coming to US every year, uh, is that it's uh, it provided knowledge that how can you build your credit history. I mean, I have never seen anything coming from TransUnion lately. Maybe another from, but. Never from any other website, and now lately the other competitors will start coming up like Nerd Wallet and and the finance. But initially, I think they are the pioneer of providing the kind of knowledge. Of how can you develop? How can you gain forty points in a year? 
to go from 650 to 700 and 700 to 800 which is important to develop and to get a big mortgage if you want to buy a house in the long run so let me let me throw this question out to you guys i think carl said a, a very interesting point when you when the product's free um and you don't want to really understand how they make money they're selling your data you're the product right how should we feel about that as product man like let's say you're a product manager at credit pharma i mean give me your give me your rundown your synopsis of like typically when when you feel when somebody says you're the product that carries a negative connotation but i actually have a weird opinion about this and i can share it but i want to give you guys a chance to speak um about how do you feel about you know the free product making money off the data all of that right this is a this is a i wouldn't say it's a freemium model it's more of like a lead magnet and and affiliate marketing model right kind of deal so Curious about your your take on the on the revenue model here. Yeah, the thing that jumps to mind for me is that we we frequently um, kind of exchange our privacy for convenience. Um, it's it's kind of a, an even trade. We we get our value out of it, but we have to give up some data. And I think in many cases, because we're so ignorant on how that data is being used, like who is it being sold to, and then how is it being leveraged, it doesn't bother us as much. Uh, I mean, I can just compare this uh, credit karma right next to Google search, basically, if you ask me. Like, we search as, as just uh, expanding on the word trend set. Like, the amount of search that I have done in the last 20 years on Google maybe is much more than the typing that I've done in my college time on any essay or any research paper. So the amount of information that I provide about myself and my search pattern to Google and how they're utilizing it about like sending a different uh, products to me and, and different advertisement is a great example. Same way, if, if I think Credit Karma is using it, like if I'm looking for a car or I'm looking for a buy a house and they're providing me some kind of information or they're send, sending my information to different banks to get the information at whether, hey, where is Yogesh eligible for what kind of loans we can provide him at what rate he's looking for. So that if they are getting that kind of information, uh, and that kind of packages for me, it's win-win for me because it's free for me. The only thing which uh, which I have seen happening or learned about is that a lot of time they were saying that, hey, you have 90% chances of getting the approval. And they have been sued for that because people applied for that. And they people were not didn't get that approval, uh, even mm-hmm. though the credit karma was saying you have 90% chance of approval. And then FTC has to find them for $3 million. So that's a, a drawback, but I think that things are changing now. But that's definitely one thing which I've learned from the premium. From my perspective, I'm changing my sharing my information on day to day from every platform. Three million. Yeah, is, I think for, three million is a drop in the bucket, by the way. But that, that's so true. <laughs> Nothing. <Yeah. laughs> but it's a brand damage, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, it's an image. Yeah, you're right. I was going to say, I think from my standpoint, then someone that originally is from a different country, I was born in Sweden. Uh, it's interesting what uh, what financial progress means. So uh, the credit card market, their, their mission is to make financial progress possible. Uh, and if you ask a lot of people from a personal finance standpoint, that may be accumulating savings and ensuring that you're not so much in debt. But this model sort of drives towards getting more in debt, getting more loans and qualifying for that. So it, it's an interesting take on what financial progress is and, and arguably that's bad. What do you guys think? 
That's a fair point. Uh, the one, the pro I would throw against that is that I, I don't know, speaking for myself as an ignorant, you know, 20 something, not understanding how my credit score is determined. I, I leaned on credit karma very early to know, okay, what is my score? What does that mean? Is that good or bad? How can I raise my score? Why did my score to go down? Why did my score go up? What did I, you know, my, how do my actions correlate with this score? Um, I feel like the education they do in this area, you know, some would argue it's a net positive. Yeah, I, I kind of agree and, and, and maybe disagree with what Carl said, right? I was having a similar conversation with a friend of mine. The same concept also applies to buy now, pay later model, right? So are you creating this behavior yeah. where like, you know, you're like you're forcing people to leverage much more than uh, 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 what they should, right? Uh, but then I, I guess a good question is like, okay, so so when it comes, so all products want to shape behavior, right? So what is the line? Right? What is the line where a product should be accountable versus, you know, a user should be accountable for their own um, effort? But but nonetheless, you know, I, I do think like, you know, that's a, uh, uh, that's a valid thing, especially like, you know, if historically uh, uh, um, uh, uh, minorities had been in disadvantage of getting credit or Financial, uh, 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 you know, uh, financial resources. Um, then we don't even know, like, you know, how this promotion are tailored. Like, is it really, uh, you know, uh, uh, tailored to give you equal opportunity, or is it just being targeted to, you know, a segment that are more likely uh, uh, to apply for those, right? So maybe, like, you know, somebody may, making like less than fifty thousand dollars and uh, so forth. So, so, I, but, but nonetheless, I, I think it's a very valid point. So I just want to add, uh, add from the Carl's point, like when Carl's saying, like coming from the Sweden and I'm coming from Asia, basically. And in Asia, we are very conservative, very, very conservative about spending. So the culture is about more saving and then less spending, which is changing now in Asia and India. But when I came to US 16 years back, everyone was saying that everyone lives here on the credit card and which was so true, like everyone was living on credit card. And it happened with me that uh, I stumbled in the same the, uh, same kind of behavior that I was living on credit card and then I was not aware how to improve my credit history and whatnot. So yes, um, but what has shifted in my behavior since I'm starting using credit karma is that now I'm more focused where I'm spending. And if you start seeing the credit karma or nerd wallet or other, other kind of you know, platform, they are giving you an opportunity right now to, to showcase you every month where are you spending? How much you're spending? How much your total worth is basically? Because that's the kind of capability credit karma gives you. Now it's giving an opportunity to every American to see what is their total net worth on day-to-day -day basis. And that gives you an idea. Where do you want to go? Do you want to spend more money or do you want to save? But at the same time, I feel this concept of having a net worth is should be changing a behavior from spending from spending to saving. Uh, it's not, again, uh, individual choice, what they want to do. So I think that from, from the perspective of product, it's an excellent product at this point, giving an opportunity to change your behavior. Again, uh, individual choice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, let, yeah. so let me go on that, right? So so um, so I like credit karma, right? And I was going to, I was going to, you know, ask Carl this, uh, what is not what, but, but, you know, when I started thinking about credit karma, you know, is it really a disruptive product, right? What would be really disruptive? It's like, you know, if credit karma really worked on creating a new credit model 
you know, that gives fair opportunity for everyone, right? We have enough cases, enough data to prove that this credit model is biased. You know, to, to a step forward would be a, 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 a disruptive product, right? The, the second point to that is, okay, I check credit karma for my credit score, but that's a lagging indicator itself, right? I mean, like it's already happened. So, so areas where we talk about, you know, like yoga said, like I come from Nepal, he comes from India, we raised in the very financially conservative way, right? So, so this form of financial education, not just to sell a product to card, but how do I really develop, you know, this personal finance education, integrate that platform and build that behavior to understand money, make money, invest money, right? So I, I, I think like if they've done that, it would be a great product, right? But right now, you know, it's just, a, it's just like, you know, any normal product that I check and, you know, um, uh, 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 check my credit score. And, and yeah, and then I want to hear like car start on this. Yeah, I, I was going to go to a similar place there, Rupert. I, I think the opportunity they have with this just wealth of data that they have uh, has so many opportunities there for uh, for personal savings. Uh, quick sidebar, there's another financial product out there called I Need a Budget. I don't know if any one of you guys have used it, but I frankly think it's a terrible product because it, it it's trying to force you to do the things that you don't like. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so I think, so I think credit karma has, has an opportunity to do that in, in a more streamlined way um, mm -hmm. and sort of get out of this affiliate model. I think that's obviously what, uh, what, what built their revenue model, but really focusing on uh, those type of use cases you're talking about, Rupu, of, uh, of building financial health. They say they're doing that, but yeah. I see it. Trent, like you're talking about from an education standpoint, but not really from products that actually help you. And, and frankly, it would be a, a you know a premium product that I would potentially look at want to pay for. Yeah. Wait, yeah. So let, me, let me reframe the conversation here. So I think this is important context going forward for the rest of the the call. So Credit Karma was purchased for eight point one billion dollars by Intuit. Intuit wow. is behemoths, right? So that was in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic. And so what I think you were saying, Carl, is huge, right? How can they take advantage of the plethora of data that they're sitting on within the realm of Intuit? And Intuit, you know, if you're not familiar with, with that company, now provides a ton more infrastructure, a, a many more product opportunities for integrations um, to tie into what Credit Karma's, you know, A, their user base of 110 to 20, 30 million users, and B, all the data that comes with that. So one really obvious um, uh, integration that has, has come out of that marriage or acquisition, so to speak, has been Intuit that obviously has TurboTax. They own TurboTax. And um, at the time, Credit Karma had actually launched a, a high-yield savings account, uh, the ability to have a high-yield savings account with Credit Karma. So what you know, if you had a uh, a savings account through Credit Karma and you did and you did your taxes through TurboTax, you can get that advanced deposit on your tax return directly into your Credit Karma account, right? So a lot faster than if you were to do some sort of outside um, integration, right? So that's just one example of ways that the products themselves have become integrated. So I think the next question for us to ponder and could talk about is what should Intuit do? 
in the greater scheme of things with all of this data that they've just acquired three years ago, right? And so far they've got these, these like, you know, really big, obvious integrations under their belt. But as product managers, I think it, the, the interesting conversation for us to have is what would you do with this data and how would you grow the product? How would you make it maybe more meaningful from an education standpoint, from a finance standpoint? How would you escape the uh, the grind of the uh, affiliate marketing game? Um, and think about the greater context too, right? Because Intuit uh, just bought MailChimp as well, which is like an email marketing tool. So that's really interesting play. So you have all these different pieces that could potentially be connected together. So that's the question for the group. That's a tough one, right? Let's let's just put hard on the spot. Oh. Sure. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll go. Why not? I mean, uh, I I think there's a lot of friction in uh, in the financial market. Uh, I think taxes is one, but I mean, I I, uh, I just started a couple of months ago with, uh, with with a company in the digital identity space, and, uh, and and one of the things that gets priced into some of the financial product is fraud, right? Uh, and uh, and and it's just top of mind to me. So I actually think that Credit Karma probably ha has an opportunity there to partner with providers in that space, or maybe go into the actual credit space and and others uh, because they know more about your about the users. And and instead of just being an affiliate model, do deeper deeper uh, vertical integration into some of these areas. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, adding on that, I mean. There are a lot of opportunities uh, in the uh, from the perspective of the Intuit right now. Uh, and if you think about the financial market and the amount of data that they have, uh, I mean, I was wondering uh, when I was thinking about Cat Karma that hey, why don't they come up with their own bank, um, small bank entity that where they can start giving the loans themselves? Because now they have uh, the data of so many people, one twenty million. They understand the behavior of those users and and they can identify who are the high risk uh, users and who are not a high risk users and they can start putting the loans in that perspective. That's the one thing from a saving perspective also. I mean, yeah, just suggesting that, hey, uh, yes, I mean, I know if we talked about the fix and the like 3.5% they were, they were offering maybe or 2.5% when they were and they launched this credit karma saving account. But there are other opportunities they can come up with. They can partner with a lot of other entities outside US and within US also, and start some kind of like mutual funds, depending on like how uh, they want to go. The, the biggest problem that I have seen, as as Carl also mentioned, that when you go into the financial sector in in this kind of field, there are a lot of uh, governance that you have to implement. And when you go more deeper into that, the governance becomes a big technical depth for you that you have to hire audit firms and whatnot. And maybe that is the one challenge they don't want to take in. I mean, when I was thinking as a product person or product uh, person for a higher level, but there are a lot of opportunities if you think in uh, from the perspective of the data, but it's only uh, all about like, where do you want to go first? Uh, do you want to go on the, on the opening up your own bank or do you want to work with some other banks right now? I mean, if you go on the website, they, they, they clearly show some kind of inclination towards like personal loans, like they have a very good company, and, but these are the uh, most of the loans are from the thirteen percent to twenty one percent category for the personal loan. So, 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 so you know the way I think of right, you've Intuit and you've Credit Karma, right? So that's a whole ecosystem, right? On one bucket, I have the accounting, 
and and stuff like that, you know, and the other part is like, you know, personal finance, right? Um, and, and and if you look at it, right, with high recession, with unemployment, we see posts on LinkedIn from white-collar profession that, hey, you know, job loss, it's hard to make ends meet, right? And I, I think this really is a signal of like, you know, how problematic financial education is in U.S., um, so, so really focusing on, you know, personal finance, maybe like you know, even, even starting from like, you know, targeting high school students and then helping them with like investment strategies, uh, maybe even, you know, something like community for people to get, you know, financial education is a good start, right? Um, the, the other part that, you know, I've been thinking about is like, um, almost everyone seems to have this gold branded credit card, right? And we all know that. The, the, the useless information is used by bank. You know, what if Freddie Karma, you know, partnered with Intuit and came up with a co-branded Freddie card? But in this case, user owns the data. And you, if user wants to sell the data, then they can, right? Um, so, so, so I think, you know, that could be a good, uh, a, a, a good sticky point for, for um, Freddie Karma. So, Rupert, uh, two things that you said there that I thought was super important. The one is the co-branded credit card, which brings the Apple card and their Goldman partnership to mind, which at last I understood was just in the red by a ton. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but, but, but the other piece that I found to be so important, what you just said, is that when you have all this data, um, maybe you could be a data broker, right? Mm-hmm. And give people... Uh, uh, access to your own information and be able to ter- determine where that goes. Um, exactly. Yeah. I, I know we've all, you know, signed up for for something. I think the worst example of that was in this sort of uh, space in the mortgage space. Is uh, years ago, uh, you signed up for like Lending Tree or something, and then all of a sudden you get all these blasts. Uh, but but being sort of the, the the broker there and giving you control of where it goes, that could be power play. Yeah, I I think like it's really important that in any small initiative that's really going to put the power back to the people in in terms of data control and maybe like even for you know even from the perspective of monetizing uh, 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 my data is a huge point, right? So so if you're selling data like okay, Rupu goes to um, 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 the local store and buys a uh, one gallon milk like three times a day, that's different, right? But if you're selling my credit score to a bank. Right, and giving the bank to make money, and then you make money, and at the user expenses of like twenty three percent credit interest rate, I don't think that's fair, right? So you jump in before he has to go. Oh yeah, so I, <laughs> funny story for listeners. I uh, I have it's nine thirty Eastern on a school night on a work night. I got people coming over to my house to watch these basketball tournaments. March Madness is upon us. So um, I'll, I'll leave you with some closing thoughts and then I'll, I'll decrowd the room. But let me just run through the product list set of, of, uh, of Intuit so that everybody kind of knows how they make money, what their different business units are. TurboTax, self-explanatory, basically a, a service that files your taxes for you. QuickBooks and QuickBooks Online, which is small business accounting and financial management, so like SaaS software for small businesses. Uh, Mint.com, right? This is similar to what Carl mentioned earlier in, uh, I think it's YNAB, you need a budget, right? It's this personal uh, money budgeting tool where you kind of, I actually, I am a Mint user, um, where it, um, 
it allows you to, you know, put in your credit cards uh, and basically you put in your credit cards and the ways that you spend money, and then it automatically calculates and categorizes all your money into one location. So you can kind of see what goes in, what goes out during the month. Because if you're anything like me, I have multiple bank accounts and you can't get an accurate total financial picture uh, on any one of your bank account, even though they all try to do it. Um, Mint is really the only like one solution that can really pull it all together. Um, they have uh, ProConnect. And actually, I have a tax advisor that uses this, which is where, um, you know, he's a he's a uh, accountant and he does his he does his tax services through ProConnect, which is uh into it, right? So basically, my my taxes go through into it. Um, Credit Karma um, and Mailchimp. So those are the big business units of of uh, of into it now. Now, if I were you know a part of Credit Karma, um, you know, a product product team, thinking about what are the ways that we could use all this data, and what are the, some of the ways that we could get creative. I think it was you earlier, Yogesh, you said there's a lot of uh, governance around this, right? So I'm not like a financial analyst and I don't know a ton about this industry, but I would definitely explore ways like, what are ways that we could become a lender? We already know all this information about you. Why can't we make the snap decision, quick decision based on whatever algorithm we have in place to lend you the money instead of collecting commission checks from other companies and letting other companies lend you money. Why can't we do it? Right. Maybe there's a reason they haven't already delved in, dove into that business is because there might be some checks and balances that they, they, they're not allowed to do that for some reason. But that's, that's one, one way that I would think would be just a, a smash button way to create, uh, create new revenue. Another one is coaching, right? So there's tons. I don't know if you guys have noticed this on like, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, whatever. There's tons of like money coaches out there. Mm-hmm. These are people who are like not, they're not like uh, specialized in any certain way. They're just really sound, really good with money. And there's perhaps nobody uh, more well positioned than Intuit to know more about your financial situation than, than Intuit, right? So your bank might not even know as much about you as Intuit knows about you especially if you file taxes or have credit karma or have received a loan through credit karma and all that. So if they had some sort of like monthly revenue service where they offer you like based on the data they know about you, they curate a coach for your specific situation to help you truly grow in a one-on-one way or even a more automated, scalable way, that's an option too as well, right? Like, I don't know if AI can come into play there at all, but there also might be a lot of... uh, drawbacks to using AI for functional coaching. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was thinking that Andrew in terms in terms of AI because just thinking it from a user standpoint, all these are lagging, right? Yeah. Think about when you try to make a purchase decision and if you had some way to understand what are the trade-offs uh, and what are the things that you that you otherwise wouldn't be able to spend if you wanted to reach your goals. I think that would be fantastic. Well, I think, you know, the the current model that most people have today is I invest my money and I pay a one to 2% brokerage free essentially uh, fee essentially to the person who manages my money for me. That's crazy. I mean, that's just crazy. They don't touch your money until, unless like you, you tell them to every once every five years. So they're not doing anything. They just collect one to 2% of your network. Crazy. I think a, a model here that could disrupt that for credit karma is... Pay me 20 bucks a month 
and you have unlimited access, unlimited calls to our coaching team to ask them any financial question about your situation that you want, right? Way cheaper for the user and potentially way more valuable because these financial these financial dudes just kind of collecting checks on the you know off of your net worth is is not is not the path forward I see uh, most people, especially very uh, curious less likely to trust the system, younger people, right? <laughs> so um, that's uh, that could be a behavioral shift that's that's upon us. Hey, with that, I'm just just dropping ideas out there. I don't know if you guys are going to riff on them or what, but I'll have to listen to this later. I got to go uh, answer the doorbell here. Hey, uh, thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. We will continue. Yeah. Hey, have a good rest of the night. Yep. Go back. Yep. <laughs> he's ending uh, with the mic drop <laughs> yeah all right guys uh so uh we'd like to continue from here uh so i i want to build up on you know what carl was saying right so so i like this idea of you know let's say right i mean like you know i'm 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 giving you know a a, a, a card hey you know you have a great chance of getting approved for this credit card. Well, well, that's awesome for me. And, and then that's even awesome for banks because they're going to make money, money off of interest rate and even awesome for credit card, right? So I think an extension of that would be um, in the education side, okay? So 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 something like, hey, card, like, you know, but but here's how it's going to work, right? Based on your, your, like, credit history, you know, you maintain X, dollars in a month-to-month balance and based on the interest rate you'll be paying like you know this much money in annual interest in this green card right so i think like you know those kind of things would be really uh, uh valuable for users um uh yeah so i i, I think something that like, like, like that uh, uh would be really cool yeah i like that angle as well but i also wanted to build on off of what andrew said i had a similar sort of concept that I, that uh was a little divergent from him. Like, so I looked at, at into and to its um, website and down at the bottom, they have three different sections for individuals, for small business and for accountants. And when I look at their group of, of sort of business units or, or products, I see a potential platform for financial advisors. And I, I just did a quick, you know, research and uh, Google search and, the uh, I'm seeing a range between 210,000 up to 310,000 independent financial advisors in the US. Yeah. So that's a huge potential target market that they could go after and offer them a sort of platform that combines all their services. Now, if they can be offered in a coherent, you know, seamless manner, that'd be ideal. But essentially a turnkey platform for them to do their work. Um, and and be able to serve individuals, small businesses, and you know, sort of be an accountant in some ways. I like that audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, once upon a time, I was working with the excited voice guys, so I can I can relate to that uh, that kind of audience for sure. Uh, Carl, do you want to add something? No, I was just thinking about what what Trent was saying, and I, and I, I think there's there's a lot of companies going that direction. The other fintech company that comes to mind that is called Plaid. Played. I don't know if you guys know them. They're yeah. they're they're a platform play and uh, just kind of interesting uh, approach of instead of instead of building the products yourself, you build the platform for others to to use. And I and I think 
combining that with this sort of uh, consent-based data model and sort of data broker, I think that there's some 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 huge opportunities there. Uh, kind of take that further, Trent. I like that idea. Well, uh, I would like to add. Like we were talking about initially, can can they be disruptive? Uh, I mean, disruption is definitely one thing which which when we when we want to do as a product managers. With 120 million users, with the amount of data that we have, and now the amount of progress that AI has done, and being an AI product manager for the last six years, I can say we can do a lot of disruption, especially from the predictive modeling perspective. Because now we know, like the, when you come to the college, what is your behavior? Your, for, for your behavior for the next seven, eight years is that you was you are spending, 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 and you are maybe paying back your uh, college loans, but the rest of the money is just going for the amusement. And if we can just start targeting those people who are just in the college, it's a big audience, if you think about that way, and start a, a new product for them. And it can be utilized by any age or, uh, or gender, basically. But I'm, I'm just targeting those audience because they are coming out, they're enthusiastic, they are spenders. But I want to tell them, hey, guys, you know what? Yes, you're coming out of the college, but you can save so much money by the age of 35 the mistake that we did, you don't want to make those mistakes. You can be owner of 200K by the age of 35, not by the age of 60 or 70. So if we can do that kind of thing and uh, launch a new product uh, based on AI predictions and based on the the, the kind of behavior that we have seen uh, from the past audience of the same age group, that will be a new opportunity. And maybe that's a disruption that we want in the market right now, which is not existing. I mean, not a single bank will come to you and say, you know what, Yogesh, you're opening up your bank account. You're getting a salary of X amount every month. If you do that with this uh, certain amount of money every month, you will be sitting on this kind of uh, money at the age of 35 or 40. Not a single bank has ever done that because their business models want us to take more and more loan from the dam. And that's how they make money. And we want to change that disruption. And that's why with this disruption, they can make money, but also it's give them a new opportunity to build up a new products for, 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 for the further future. Yeah, well, that's what Warren Buffett's always uh, said about compounding, right? right. Just yeah. put it in the market. Yeah, play the long game. Yeah. I, 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 I think like, you know, one challenge for like Credit Karma maybe is figuring out what they want to become, right? I mean, do they only want to become a platform where I come and check my credit score and then, you know, get credit cards offers, things like that? Or like, you know, do I really want to be a hub for financial, all things, you know, finance related, right? Because if you think about it, why do I care, you know, for a good credit uh, score? It is just to buy, just to get a credit card. Maybe not, right? Maybe like, you know, I want to get into investing, maybe real estate or like, you know, all, all you know, things like that. So, so if they, if, if they really want to become a hub for all things uh, uh, finance related, uh, then even like, you know, peer-to-peer -peer lending, because like who would know better than, credit karma on the risk profile of an individual. And let's suppose like, you know, if I'm a one, one man investor and I don't want to put my $10,000 on a bank getting 1% interest rate, I'd rather loan it to, you know, a car and, and, and be credit karma or source or the validator saying that, hey, car is good. You know, he has a top tier credit card. He has a decent job. And then, you know, it's, it's low risk. So I, I think like, you know, that's going to 
that's going to bring a whole a new level of like in you know, the P2P lending, right? Um, and, and similar for like real estate investing or like you know, all investing, uh, uh, you know, as, as allowed or, or, or guided by um, regulation. Rupu, you just said it a great point, like P2P, peer-to-peer. I mean, I was thinking about it the other day, like, hey, uh, let's say when I go to the bank for the personal loan, and I if I have to pay 17% or 22%, it's interest rate, it's insane. But think about like company like Credit Karma, they have, if they can create a pool of, of like of, of people who can want to lend a money where they can see, oh, these guys have like 100K lying in their uh, account and they're not using it, but they can offer a, like, okay, 4% rate and they say, you know what? We will use a certain amount of pool to to the people we want to lend out, and for the nine percent rate, for them they are making a five percent on that 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 difference. But from the, the from the user perspective, uh, who is taking a loan from that credit card in that scenario is saving minimum ten percent. It's a win-win situation for everyone. Do they want to do that or not? That's a different story. So we're essentially saying sort of uh, a global version of of uh, these. Payday loans, <laughs> <laughs> okay. or or something different, yeah. Because I think that there's predatory behavior in that market, but I think what you're mm-hmm. saying is it's more about bringing access to people mm-hmm. that don't have it. Yeah, yep. yeah. exactly, yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, I, I think this is different than you know a, a payday loan because definitely payday loan is like too predatory, right? I mean, like you know, but but I, I can hear um, it's it's uh, 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 looking at someone's risk profile. Right and and giving giving others the opportunity to loan their money for a better financial return than you know parking um, in the bank. So maybe just think about something sort of out there. I mean, this this whole model is based upon uh, a U.S. concept. Uh, but what if you thought about extrapolating that to other markets where maybe you have more financial. Uh, disparity and maybe there's more opportunity for especially for this last point we're talking about of about providing more access what do you guys think i mean i can just talk about india i mean till 10 years back there was no credit card system or the credit rating system but mm-hmm. last 10 years they have now credit rating system so you can replicate the same model which you have in us and put it back in india now and the disparity over there is is humongous. Is humongous basically. If you can talk about, I can, I can think about in this way, like maybe six hundred million people maybe in the debt just in India, and, and we have like people who are. So that's a big market. If you think of from the perspective that if you want to go global, but the only challenge that comes when you go global is that you have to follow the financial rules of those market. So with that, again, if we come back to the same uh, question that do we want to become a, a, a financial banking system globally, and then we have to hire different kind of legal entities. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty much the same in Nepal too. Um, you know, I, I don't know how it is in Sweden. Uh, we still don't have a um, credit system. So like, you know, when it comes to like access to um, uh, 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 credit or any liquidity for like special small business. You know, people like who want to open up a small shop, things like that. You know, that's uh, uh, that's really hard. And 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 the the way to get around that is again, there's sharp loans, right? Or like you know, you put asset in collateral and then uh, 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 get 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 like you know X percent. Um, of your, you know, total asset value as, uh, as a loan, but but we really don't have a system of like you know modeling credit 
um, you know, let alone peer-to-peer -peer lending or crowdsourcing. And by the way, I did a, another interesting finding because of Kate Karma. Thank you for that topic. I was looking at that. Hey, how much effort is required to open a bank? It's a seven-step process, and you just need minimum fifty to twenty million dollars in your pocket to start your own bank in US. So, from a from a perspective that can they start their own bank? That's not a big issue. That the challenge is that do they want to go in that route? Do they envision themselves as a lender in long run or not? Yeah, I mean. I just from looking at why Intuit made this acquisition, to me, is all about the data. Uh, mm -hmm. Is the data play that aligned with their other businesses and, and, and start modeling that to, to understand, to be able to provide, like in the small business space, to be, to be able to look at certain profiles of customers based on the data they have and be able to, to use AI and provide better targeting uh, for for customers or or I know in I've, I've been a QuickBooks user they can look at and and to see if you're um, um, potentially qualified to be able to get an invoice paid quicker and things like that and I think in the uh, and, and understanding both personal as well as business history I think it's uh, super interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, then I'm sure like you know there's a lot that pretty Harvard can do um, for like you know small small business owners, right? I, I used to be a small business owner about 10 years back when I used to, you know, um, run, um, uh, uh, where I used to own gas stations and uh, uh, restaurants. And you pretty much have the same problem, right? You still have to apply for a business credit card uh, 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 from from these banks. And then uh, uh, if you want to get, you know, unsecured loan, it's, it's really hard when you're starting off, you know, unless you have a uh, established uh, 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 business, so I, I think that still is an untapped uh, um, segment for SMB because you're pretty much solving the same problem, which is like you know access to liquidity through through the you know through a better credit. Um, so so in, in this uh, in the small medium business, unless you know you have like three four years of tax return, you know you don't have any identification of like you know what your uh, credit worthiness is. Yeah, and this brings up the, the the issue of kind of the disparity. There's sort of a, a, a chasm between the individual credit score, which some could argue that's really just a way for a bank to tell how well they how easily they can make money off of you. And then all the way at the end of the other and at the other end of the spectrum is the enterprise like Moody's credit score. Mm -hmm. But for those businesses between, like like yeah. Rupu just starting out or too small to be even noticed by Moody's. Yeah, how do you determine creditworthiness? Yeah, it's a it's a real challenge. So I think uh, you know addressing that with data could could be an angle they could take. I, I really like you know what Upstart is doing in this right. They're basically saying that you know we don't. Uh, they're basically saying that you know the 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 standard credit scoring system is is a biased one. And we can do better, right? And and apart from their stock price, uh, you know, they seem to be they seem to have a better risk profile uh, when it comes to uh, uh, when it comes to judging credit and allowing people to uh, banks to loan. Um, so that yeah. would be. Yeah, I think that's an important point here about just generally how how. how credit scores work is that do we think that there's a bias there because I, I know there's 
Mm-hmm. There, there's been a, I read a story the other day about uh, uh, this African-American couple that had their, uh, their house appraised lower and they yeah, were, were yeah. suing because of that. Uh, if that's the case, perhaps someone like Credit Karma could come in and provide a more unbiased view of things rather than what mm-hmm. the current system from the three major credit bureaus are doing. And 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 frankly, at, to what's your point about disruption, Rupert, maybe provide an alternative that doesn't have those inherent flaws built into it. Mm. Yeah, the systemic nature of these, these credit systems or credit uh, monitoring companies, the three, the big three, they've been around for so long and, and their, their practices are so ingrained and systemic that, you know, people don't even realize that there's, that there's, you know, racism and, and bias built in. Yeah. And, and I mean, it may be unconscious bias too, because if you have parents that, that help you build up the credit from, uh, from when you're young versus Mm -hmm. those that don't, that could become a factor as well. And, and maybe it's not, overt racial bias but right. i think the bias is there never nonetheless i mean Multiple generations it's, yeah so so from the ai perspective this is historical bias which exists in the data as you just said both of you just said that and that exists for multiple reasons uh, uh historically also and then now majority of uh platforms are using ai and one thing which we which we learned, what is the evil of AI is the historical data. If you remove the historical data, can you remove that biasness? Hmm. Answer is yes or no, because that biasness still exists in the society in the form of disparity. Okay, we have outliers, but we how often uh, AI takes the outlier into the into the composition when we, we want to predict any kind of. Uh, giving the loans or even the health condition or even the finding the fraud. So that that disparity in the data still exists, even in the today's age, forget about the historical data and what other other biasness. And another another thing we have to remember is that whenever we are developing these models, the person who's sitting behind the screen, who is saying this is a better model than the other model is a human being. So there's a human biasness also exists right now, which we cannot remove even if we want to do that. So those biases will always stay in the system, no matter what we say. Uh, the only interesting thing that I can say at this point is that since we are only like eight minutes away from the conversations and getting over, is that there are multiple opportunities from the perspective of uh, credit karma. It's up to them where they want to expand uh, from their their perspective. So before we end, I just want love to know from each one of you, if you are the product person right now, and we tell you that develop something, what will you want to do right now at this very point when you're sitting on the mind of this data? Just one or two liners. I don't know. I I, I think credit karma has some social responsibleness, right? Because I think uh, personal finance industry deserves that, and and people who do not have access to credit and things like that deserve that, right? So, so one thing that you know, I, I I would really focus on, you know, if if, if there's someone you know who really is in need of credit, right? Um, then it's very counterproductive to charge them high interest rate. So I understand the credit, you know, a uh, 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 credit modeling based on VIX and things like that, right? 
But but I, I think the other way we put them more in Wix is this minimum credit card amount that that you know it's it's like it's like oh wow okay you know I've done a good job just because like you know I can uh, pay this right so I think like you're coherently setting a bar so less right and I I think like that's the business model or that's how credit card uh, 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 make money so I, I would really focus on can I create or kind of partner with someone to create a credit card that's really focused on. Um, not just building up a good credit, but giving you that liquidity in a better cost. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm probably a little bit more cynical view on uh, on that. <laughs> I think that probably the only company that I know that actually is socially responsible is probably Patagonia. Everyone else, else that say they are, are only doing it for business purposes. Uh, and maybe there's a few others, but so... I, I think that would be amazing if, uh, and again, back to their mission statement of making financial progress possible, if financial progress actually meant to to make good, sound financial decisions for yourself. But I don't think that's the business that they're mm-hmm. in. So, uh, so I think that's where the cynicism comes. But, uh, but I do think that switching away from this model of just affiliate for credit cards or potentially even feed in the other into products. Uh, I, I've said it multiple times, but I think the data broker aspect of it is really, really powerful. And I think society is starting to get to a situation where we're not going to be okay with our data just going anywhere. I know that between CCPA and, and, and GDPR, there's efforts to try to stop that, but it's sort of reactive on the other side of you have the right to be forgotten, but they're still going to sell your data uh, un- until you tell them no. So yeah. being that, given the f- fact, I don't really care whether they do fi- fintech or anything else, but you have 130 million users in your system is really powerful. And I think that that's something that 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 a lot of people are going to demand. But but we we should remember that there's no GDPR and no CCPR here. Uh, I mean, US right now. Maybe California has that. that Just app. California. That's yeah, California, CCPA. but remaining yeah. forty nine they don't have that one. So that that's an interesting take. Uh, I like it, Carl and Rupu. Trent, anything else you want to say? Yeah, I I still like the education angle. I think uh, an informed and and you know knowledgeable consumer it 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 puts you in a position of power. And, and I think the the business angle there is that you could you could eventually get to the point where you can sort of tout this, hey, the the credit karma user on average will default on loans at a much lower rate than a typical mm-hmm. consumer. So that could be a way to attract better affiliate deals. Yeah, I, I like that angle. I mean, definitely. I mean, I love the part, I don't know who said that about the building up community, but building up, a, like, if you mm-hmm. heard about, like, no, the uh, credit union banks, like, if you see, there's their success rate is very good because they are generally selling up, uh, going with the purpose of little bit non-profit, and they're just serving their, their own local areas. There's a great opportunity for that kind of lending uh be created by the credit karma on the local level and developing that kind of strong community. And very soon we can see that that even though they are offering the loans so that 
lower rate, but their success rate would be higher. So I, I totally agree with you, friend over there. All right. So it's a fantastic evening. We had a special guest, Carl. Carl, how do you feel about it? Great. Uh, love being part of the conversation. Thanks for the invite. You guys are awesome. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for joining Thank us, everyone. Carl. Yeah, you're you, always guys. welcome, man. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Thank Have you. a good one. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.